this time on Not Just Tentacles. We can't afford a billboard, sir. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles, where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime. And I, Ruth, stay mystified. Now, Rachel, this isn't anime per se, this one, is it? It is not, no. But it's bloody good. We decided, having recapped and reviewed the first episode of season two of Hell of a Boss, that why not go back and recap and review the previous episodes of Hell of a Boss? So, in other words, season one. So, why is there such a big wait between episodes of season two? This is how it's always worked. Um, previously, in the last season, would you'd be waiting maybe... Um, three months in between episodes they've already got everything recorded so that's all locked down but um they have to animate each episode which takes well i couldn't tell you how long it takes but something like a a hundred frames a second or something either way it's a big job and needs doing but why not just wait until they're all ready and then release them in one glorious batch like network cartoons do Maybe because it's an indie studio, they think that people will just get impatient and go away or something if that happened. Because web series do um, operate very differently from ordinary series. There, there do seem to be gaps like this. But I don't care. As long as the quality is good, then I am prepared to wait. And it means we can do fun stuff like this in the meantime. Yay. 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 So we thought, let's start at the beginning with the pilot. That's a very interesting hand gesture you're doing. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what it is. I think it's like maybe 1990s dance, sort of big fish, little fish. Put it in a box. Tumble dryer. Okay, I will, <laughs> I will keep hold of my hands. Uh, I'll hold your hands. There you go. <laughs> so let's talk through the pilot. So it opens in Imp City, where our main characters live and where the IMP headquarters is based. IMP stands for... Immediate Murder Professionals. So Blitz, the world's most incompetent CEO... The O is silent. ...is running his startup assassination class... Classroom? Oh, God, wrong programme. <laughs> his um, assassination startup company... Um, from a scabby office somewhere in this office block. And they are having what it, we later learn is a typically fraught staff meeting because most of them can't stand each other and it shows. Although I don't know, actually, that they are fond of each other deep down. They have love. They just have a really weird way of showing it, especially Blitz, who basically the more he likes somebody, the more he trash talks them, as we will see as the series goes on. So, yeah, around this table, we have Blitz, who, as we've mentioned, is kind of like the former clown, now hitman with humongous horns and an attitude problem. You've got his adopted hellhorn daughter, hellhorn? Hellhound daughter, Luna, who is, again, surly, but doesn't really have the charisma to back it up. But she's loved by the furries because she's a pretty sexy wolf. And you finally, you've got Moxie and Millie, who are kind of like Hells Gomez and Morticia, a lovely married couple, who are kind of like the uptight boy and kooky girl from a rom-com, only in hell. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I love his little bow tie. I just love Moxie, full stop. He is my favourite and the only one I can do a passable impression of. So, 
Glitz is having a good old bitch because business is slow, which he blames on Moxie, even though, of course, there's no reason for him to do that. And um, he reminds them, and obviously us, what they do, which is kill people um, via the medium of a little cartoon. And then they start arguing about a jingle that he apparently sank all their money in. And they show us the jingle. Yes. So this jingle has been playing for three hours on end on a channel that nobody watches. Which is just typical of Blitz's money management. And still better than GB News. It is sublime. I love the jingle. If I had to pick out my favourite thing in the pilot, it would be. Because it somehow manages to both... I have it as a ringtone. So do I. It manages to both be exactly like your kind of typical 1990s crappy jingle using clip art, which presumably Blitz thinks is cool, and also like a Cartoon Network theme song. And it should have been its theme song if it had one, which it doesn't, sadly. But it's great. And my favourite thing about it is um, it shows... It shows them in all these um, various scenarios bumping people off. Uh, all and of, disposing of bodies. Yeah, and all of them, Moxie looks like he's about to be sick. And it's so quick. Want to be there. It's so quick that you can't really see the details of each one. Oh, and they've also got a guy who's complaining about um, how somebody dumped him in it when he murdered his wife, which turns out to be important later on. You've also got... Not in that episode. Um, yeah, I think it does. This is my theory anyway. We will find... Well, no, that's a theory. That's not what actually okay. happened. You've got Blitz um, pretending to be um, a, a scumbag with two top hats on over his horns, so setting fire to an orphanage for blind puppies, I think it is, blind orphan puppies. And um, you've also got him dressed as an angel and putting some something in the recycling bin but either way it's great fun and it also gives us the first sight of the grimoire which is the spell book that enables them to do everything of more which later well rather it's the book that enables them to go between hell and the living world which gives them their unique selling point because unlike absolutely every other assassin in hell they can go and kill humans which is their thing so there, we see the jingle and I don't care what Moxie thinks. I think it is terrific and the best part of the episode. But they're just about to, at the end of the jingle, they're just about to kill somebody. And oh, then... yes. This is, this is what makes it funny because they obviously did this on the cheap and filmed it while they were working. And Moxie accidentally shoots a kid who's walking past because this is all in flashback. Indeed, a lot of this episode is in kind of flashback stroke cutaways, which they don't do in the main Very series. Family guy. Yeah. I don't know why they got rid of that, but I suppose maybe they didn't feel like it worked. And I'm kind of glad that they they did because I think flashbacks either work or they don't like I never felt like worked in like the young ones for instance I think it was needed to establish the characters in this case yeah but this, not in the yeah once main the story show. gets going I think that, that that wouldn't be needed but we did need a bit more background into what was going on so yeah they they find themselves in hospital with this kid they deal with a, a doctor a nurse and another doctor and they say what's insurance yeah what the fuck is insurance and throw them out the window and in fact those guys look so much like them i originally thought it was them in disguise but it's not it's just a coincidence that they look like them and they chuck yeah once they find out they don't have any health insurance they throw all of them and the dying kids out of the window I thought it was Blitz jumping out of the window and taking the kid with them. Um, I don't know. It's ambiguous. I always you don't ass- see them kicking anybody. I always assume they got thrown out the window. Okay. That, that, that's my theory anyway. And then it goes back to them squabbling about just general... T- 
day-to-day stuff mostly Luna's appalling attitude and I have to say every character is significantly different in the pilot I don't know whether it's because pilots are just testing to see what works what doesn't and characters are always a bit OTT in the pilot like I am not really a Luna fan anyway but she's much nastier in the pilot like she kills a baby <laughs> she's outrageously rude to everybody and bullying Moxie at every turn um nicking people's lunches but this is where we all she's hung over from that very morning yeah that's true and this is where we have the biggest instance of out of characterness as as you will find out when you watch the um the later series because we have a cutaway within a cutaway in which we discover that the reason that blitz is able to use the grimoire is because he presumably had a one night stand with stolas a prince from hell and as you know from previous episodes, I adore Stolas because he's this lovely, fluffy, pretty mess. This version of him is nothing like that. How do do I? Yeah, my he, grimoire. He's apparently based on Tony Head's voice. That's what I heard. Anyway. I can see that. Yeah, and it's it's weird. So they kind of play him like um King George and Hamilton. Uh, they they play him with this kind of slightly unhinged sort of sexual deviant type energy in fact the first time I saw this I assumed that he was going to end up being like a Glenn Close type stalker become obsessed with Blitz try to get them to kill his family and then turn on them when they wouldn't do it and that they would end up having to kill him for the grimoire you really ever think this yeah don't you? so I'm glad none of that happened and they went down a far more original path and I think- nobody even suggested that would happen <laughs> that was just your brain I think that's what would have happened it was written by straight people but luckily it is not So, let's address the elephant in the room. Why have we got a wrong-sounding Stolas in this episode? It was originally Brock Baker, and due to various things, like them deciding that he wasn't appropriate for the way that they were going with Stolas, they dropped him. But I don't care, because it is now Bryce Pinkham, and he is infinitely superior and has given us the that's your opinion no no he is well that's your opinion other opinions are available and they're wrong yeah but you could (laughs) be wrong too i mean you just came up with an idea about uh, fatal attraction but either way he gives us some much needed queer rep for millennials and other people that are closeted and have awful wives and so on but anyway we digress. Why are you looking at me when you said awful wives? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> anyway. I believe you. Thousands wouldn't. So anyway, back to our leads bickering again. And um, that is when we discover that the kid has been alive all this time and listening to them and despairing and trying to sneak out the window. And he gives all of them a piece of his mind about how crappy he thinks they all are. He insults everybody around the table, finishing off with Luna, saying he won't talk to her because he's a cat person. And I still wonder to this day um, whether what she says next is actually true. Something buzzes on her phone and she's like, fuck, he's the target. And they shoot him and dissect him and kick him around and film it. And child murder was never this funny. Kids die for free. 
Because going by the fact that they seem to have filmed everything on a very tight budget, my inkling is that the person who called for his hit was that guy who wanted to murder the person that caught him burying his wife. That That's my sense. theory. Yes, it does. Know, because he was wanting to get revenge on a jogger. Well, the kid could have been jogging. No, look at that kid. He ain't going to jog in his life. <laughs> True. And um, Blitz does a little inspirational speech while we're still seeing them kind of throwing the kid away, um, saying about how he wants to do just what like everybody else can do, which is kill people and not to ask their money back or anything because this is hell, nobody cares, etc. So typical kind of highfalutin blitz speech about really reprehensible things and then he goes back to them they have a big group hug and smile at each other and that's the end well not quite because oh. you've got the mum on the news <laughs> and it's saying mum can't draw own kid and um they dump the dead kid on <laughs> right on top of <laughs> i know and they're like you're welcome and yes then... after they've dissected the kid <laughs> and that's the end of the episode although we do have storyboards and the first draft of omily which is um Mo- a lovely bouncy ballad sung by moxie on a ukulele yes it's an ode to his wife's bloodlust how he loves that she's such a murderous psycho <laughs> so cute so i know cute. it's so sweet and if you think that M- millie sounds different this episode then you'll be right because here she is played by erica who also plays luna but they decided afterwards that's the- why they never talk to each other very much <laughs> yeah they decided afterwards you know what let's have a different actress so that's when they got vivian nixon in and again i prefer her and everybody Everybody is slightly out of character because this is a pilot. So she's more of a satellite to Moxie. Moxie is still very much Moxie, I think. He is much more confrontational. He's very assertive in this one, standing up to Blitz in a way that he doesn't in the main series. I mean, I don't know whether they just decided to tone that down. And um, like I said earlier, Blitz is much more serious about his job. I mean, he's still an utter freak that stalks people. Oh, that's my favourite bit other than... um... Oh, I I like Moxie in bed. He's got a little Phantom of the Opera pay bill instead of play bill. How did I forget this? Yeah, apparently Blitz in his spare time stalks Moxie and Millie when they're out and about or in their house like he hides in their fridge he watches them while they sleep he films them halfway up the window when they're singing to each other so he just acts like a big old creeper so just imagine david brent or michael scott if he was a really really sad lonely bastard that was slightly in love with his employees and yeah that's blitz is he in love with them um moxie yes millie not so much i think he's just sees her as part of the package where do you get this from it, it is definitely that's where I, is the textual cue well he does kind of rub one out thinking about them in the later episode well, and he yeah. is very flirty with them generally it kind of swings between insulting moxie and kind of fancying moxie but anyway we'll come insulting about... and fancying at the same time well who else does he do that to so exactly that is his love style but anyway i think that's your love style no it's not (laughs) but i think that is everything but i thought it was a terrific pilot i mean everything felt fully formed yeah the characters might be slightly different and obviously in the case of stolas very different but they've got the premise 
you've got the main relationships of the cast, you've got the whole concept, so it's all ready and raring to go. Brilliant. So, Rachel, what's up next? Our very next episode, which is going to be some point next week, fingers crossed, is going to be Ruby. Ah, Ruby Tuesday. Okay. Ruby, 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 Ruby. Ah, And I don't know why I'm sounding so upbeat about it, because I thought it was going to be a nice, light-hearted anime about girls having adventures, but it turned out to be one of the most fucking harrowing things I've ever seen. I had to give her a hug on standby. (laughs) I was distraught. (laughs) But anyway, until next time. Contains material that some listeners may find confronting. That's what they say. That's what they say in the true crime podcasts. Yeah, it was confronting. They don't. Nothing's disturbing anymore. It has to be confronting. And we will be doing another hell of a recap soon too, but we don't know when. Bye! <laughs> Bye! Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can also follow us on social media. We are at TentaclesNot on Twitter. And on Facebook, our page is called Not Just Tentacles. Speak to you soon. Bye.